0: Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory API for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal Housing Lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.
1: Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 338. This is the DCEU news episode. That means film, y'all. I'm David C. Robertson, your host. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. And you know what? This week we saw Logan. We did. Uh, I know it's not DC-related, really. Who cares? But if you stick around to the very end of the show, after we say goodbye, I think we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about our thoughts on the film. We're going to get spoiler-heavy, so if you haven't seen it, don't listen to after the music runs and everything at the end of this, of this episode. Right. <laughs> because I think we're going to talk about it for just a few minutes. Just a second.
2: I'll dive in briefly.
1: But, um, you know what? Breaking news as, as we prepared for the show tonight... Uh, Adam Chitwood over at Collider wrote this report that says that sources, whatever the hell that means, mm-hmm. sources <laughs> tell them that Matthew Vaughn is the apparently the top choice for Warner Brothers in directing Man of Steel two. If uh, you don't know who Matthew Vaughn that is, that
2: name, but I'm going to need you to, yeah, I'm going to need yeah. you to jog me,
1: yeah. Uh, if you don't know Matthew Vaughn, he did uh, Kingsman, The Secret Service, which I heard phenomenal things about. I did I hear. It's on my
2: list it. of, like, when I get a chance kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill's in it, so I kind of want to see it. Yeah. Um, also, he did X-Men First Class.
2: That was pretty good.
1: Yeah. And he did Kick-Ass, which was, I thought, Freaking phenomenal.
2: Freaking great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, Kick-Ass 2 had something to be desired, I felt like, but Kick-Ass 1 was mm-hmm. just really good. Great.
1: Yeah. Now, back in 2010, uh, it was reported, though, that he and uh, Mark Millar, who wrote Kick-Ass, mm-hmm. um, pitched a Superman movie to Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers chose the Goyer and Nolan take. But um, Matthew Vaughn had this to say about it. He said, I think that's the one thing not to do with Superman, trying to do the serious Dark Knight version. Superman is about color and fun, or it should be for me. So there's a taste for what you could probably expect, if Matthew Vaughn actually does take over the reins, like this is just a rumor, you know, it's a rumor, so, but it,
2: it should be an encouraging rumor for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, a the guys, the the guys can do big big budget fine, obviously. Um, these were all perceived as pretty good action films, no matter how he did it. And mm-hmm. you know, you you like him talking about uh, the the red and the blue as like a hopeful character, like something that should be a little fun. Yeah. So I I, don't know. I hope I hope people are encouraged by that.
1: I mean, I'm encouraged by it. I, I hope it's true. I do. I like, I do hope that's I like true. Matthew I Von. like this call. Yeah. Uh, I like it a lot more than George Miller. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't need Kal-El Fury Road. No. Instead of a desert, it's like an icy tundra.
2: No, if they ever do a prequel movie about Jarl where it's like the, the last year of Krypton or something. All right, fine. Bring um, in George Miller for that.
1: No, I don't even want that. Like, I don't want that movie. I think the day that that movie gets created is the day I quit this show. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it.
2: <laughs> Sci-fi is already messing with it. Just leave it alone.
1: Yeah, which is probably not true, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> but, I'll I mean, I've weathered worse things. Oh yeah, and I don't. I don't hate George Miller. I'm just, you know, I know he's done other things other than Tundra. You know. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm just, not a not a funny. huge fan though. I mean, I, I, that didn't. Yeah, have, I wasn't either.
2: excited about it anytime he's been brought up. Yeah, I mean, it's so much shit for that. <laughs>
1: I mean, you never have before.
2: I always think there's just going to be a backlash of people going screw
1: you, Mad Max, right? Yeah, you know what? Our fans are pretty awesome because, like, occasionally I'll get stuff on Twitter. People will just be like, "I disagree with Jason," and I'll be like, "All right, cool." And they're like, "Keep up the good work." I'm like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: This is why I limit my social media platform uh, interactiveness to to really just Facebook. I don't even know how the other ones function. Um, Yeah. There are less people that can disagree with me.
1: (laughs) But it's always something organic, like, you know, like they'll tag us in a thing and be like, even though I don't like what you said about this, Dave, I look forward to your thoughts. I'm like, thanks. Well, that's nice. (laughs) Yeah, our fans are classy. They got class. Um, (laughs) I mean, who are we we to
2: judge class? But apparently,
1: Um, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I don't understand how we got such classy fans. Yeah, I mean,
2: we're terrible, but you know, good for you guys
1: showing us the way. Guggenheim's a liar. Yeah,
2: (laughs) that's why you guys are here to help us be better people.
1: (laughs) Um. So the big news this week: uh, Wonder Woman. The Wonder, the final Wonder Woman trailer dropped. Ironically, it's the origin trailer. Yeah. Um. You have any? You, do you have any thoughts before I jump into my thoughts here?
2: I. I mean, just overall. Hell yes. Right. That the thing looks. It looks great. I like the backstory, and and we'd already talked about um some of this, and kind of a it was kind of a spoilery uh, cast we had was it a week ago last week. Yeah. Um. That you know, part of her origin was going to be like she's going to be trained harder than anybody before. So uh, we weren't too far ahead of this. If if um if you even just miss like a news episode, you can come back and like oh we're fine, never spoiled. Yeah. But it it looks great. I mean, the film that just visually looks fantastic. Um, so mm-hmm. far I like the tone. It looks like there's a fair amount of joke in there. It does. And it looks like some of the power moments. You know, the 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 real like uh, when she when she actually hits the bracelets together, that kind of thing. It looks like some of those are just going to be like drop your jaw clap kind of moments in the theater for me.
1: Well, you know, the interesting thing about the bracelets is it looks like they might actually be like a lot. There's a lot of conjecture going on online about, you know, okay, well, she's going to, and even in the trailer, they say like she can never know what she truly is. Mm -hmm. All right. So you mean the spawn of Zeus? Because it seems like she's got like electric powers. Like when she's fighting, um, entiope mm-hmm. and before Entiopy even hits her like those bracelets are glowing right yeah uh, later on it looks like she's like absorbing or summoning some sort of energy so you know if she's got some sort of like like the the electric force field stuff going on yeah that is a slight departure like they've kind of messed around with that recently very recently in the comics um but you know, I mean, at the at the onset in the comics, I mean, she was just an, an Amazon, you know, yeah. And uh, and then sometime in the '90s, after she died, she came back. She they made her a goddess, you know, and she could fly. She didn't need her invisible jet anymore. Um, and now it looks like they're just kind of going the demigod route, which is you know, it's fine. I'm I'm fine I kind of like that.
2: I, I like it being middle ground demigod.
1: No, um, in the trailer though, here's like when you have uh. Hippolyta riding on a on a horse with uh, a very young child Diana. And they're riding past like through this like Greek Roman architecture, and but there are all these like carvings on the walls of like different scenes from Amazonian history. Mm-hmm. And as she's like telling and she's telling Diana like a little bit about the history and stuff, and it seemed very much to me like Jorel telling Clark in that spaceship in Man of Steel as like the pictures on the walls moved. Yeah. Um, it felt like that to me. Like, I um, wondered
2: if they were literally going to have another pictures on the walls move kind of scene. I, I kind of <laughs> like that it's going to be more like, uh, we're going to take a horseback ride through some, some hair glyphs.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if that, they're actually going to really do that as much, but, um, I saw, um,
2: it would be more fitting. Uh, I, I think
1: I really love the way Diana looked at the God killer sword as uh, she's a kid, you know? yeah. Um, someone on Facebook had a picture of, uh, yeah, you, know, you know, young Bruce screaming at his parents getting killed mm-hmm. and right next to a picture of young Clark cowering in the janitor's closet, man of steel. And then the third picture is young Diana smiling from that, sh- from that shot, you know, yeah. staring at the sword,
2: the sword that shouldn't be wielded and all that. And her just kind yeah. of like smirking at it like, oh yeah, bitch, I'm a willed you someday.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know. They I am going to be the this. owner of that sword. The person who posted the picture didn't say it. But I kind of felt like this was whoever made it was going like, yeah. So uh, she's a bigger badass than either of them.
2: You, yeah, it, it it so far <laughs> it may be true too. Like from what we know about these characters, she probably has a, a bigger badass card than the other two right now.
1: Mm-hmm. For now, for now. <laughs> you know me, I'm a Batman guy. Sure,
2: um, I, I my love my Superman, but you know they got to give me the real version before I'm. Uh...
1: Right, I think we got we got snippets of the real version, but I won't get into that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I love "Never Let Your Guard Down." You expect the battle to be fair. I think it speaks to her character, the character that we should expect to see with Diana. Um, I, I I really enjoyed that line. Um, I love that Diana thinks London is hideous. I yeah. mean, and absolutely, <laughs> you would think that. Absolutely, what did you, say? you would think it's an that. It's a hard
2: taste or something.
1: Yeah, you know, I think he, he just goes, "Yeah, it's not for everybody." No, the other. But <laughs> I think that's what it was. But, yeah, um, of course you would think London is hideous. I mean, the, oh, my gosh, Back the mascara like, is brilliantly beautiful. And this like, is like
2: industrializ- the, the uh, height of industrialization era London, it looked like. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's just a giant smog fest.
1: <laughs> like, now, me, There's actually, I, If
2: I remember correctly, there's actually a, a, a thing that was documented where um, there's a certain kind of white moth. That never stood a mm. chance. Like it, it went extinct almost during this during the, the like industrialization era. Uh-huh. Because you could see it against the background of all the smog. Birds had a field day.
1: <laughs>
2: Took him out, man. <laughs> never had a chance.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where like I kinda felt like like you know, I if I were, you know, dying and I had like a couple of months to live, I would probably want to go hang out on Themyscira, as presented in this trailer.
2: Oh, it looks gorgeous.
1: If someone handed me a chunk of money to go write something, I'd probably go to London. <laughs> <laughs> it's overcast, smoggy, dark, dank.
2: I don't know. We have Seattle. I mean,
1: we do have Seattle, but I would never get over the idea of the the idea that Fraser Crane and Niles were hanging out somewhere drinking coffee.
2: <laughs> it, and yeah, there is a lot of coffee at Seattle too. So I, you also. <laughs> like if if you're the kind of person who can block out distractions, New York would be perfect. you know it, you don't even care what the weather is because there's so much going on unless it's actively yeah. raining on you you just you just don't care,
1: yeah, if I lived in Seattle, I think all of it ever here as I walk the streets would be like the little like opening Fraser thing like
2: just every time you saw the needle. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I'd be at home doing something. And I'd be like, "Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled." Eggs. I, no, for me, it'd be a combination
2: oh of that and like walking around. Uh, <laughs> I would just have like constantly. It'd be like Foxy Lady, swimming right into like <laughs> Black Hole Sun. Won't you come?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And there's some Nirvana in there, sure, every now and then. But like those, yeah. those were two artists that I liked more. So i hear you just looking around um, every corner for chris where are you cornell you still <laughs> here i can hear you
1: so uh diana throws a tank in this trailer man <laughs> i saw yeah. it like all the <laughs> that, action sequences look awesome that happened
2: yeah oh no i don't think anyone's gonna have a problem with the uh the, the choreography i think no one's gonna walk away from this and think that was a bad action film mm-hmm. that was shot poorly Mm-hmm. That is not a sentence that's going to be offered after this. Yeah, uh, no matter what the rest of your review fa- says, it's it's going to be like, well, the action was competent and the, the it was shot well, even if you're trying to like completely take a shit on it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean if you've if you've been a long time listener of this show, you know what my one big issue with this movie is so far in the trailers has been, and it, it continues to be, uh, Edda, Etta, Etta, uh, Candy being used as the humor stinger. I don't mind that so much. I just don't think she's particularly funny. It's like, especially not the way they're using it in the trailers. Um, it's just like, you know, all this cool stuff and poignant stuff. And then it's just like, Oh no, I mean, that sword does not go with that outfit. No, no. It's like, oh, I don't care. And this is a guy, you know, Like, look, I'm a guy that likes Lucy Davis. I no, actually like Lucy Davis. Shaun of the dead studio 60 from the sunset strip. Oh, I yeah. mean, didn't expect me to pull that one out. You did, but no, oh, I knew you probably didn't. I knew. Um,
2: Obviously, The Office. Uh,
1: yeah, The Office. Marin, she was great in Marin as his agent. You know, oh, uh,
2: gotta go back and do that.
1: Yeah, you need to do that. It's only four seasons. Um, but yeah, it's all on Netflix right now. Boomer does. She's uh, she's she's good. Boomer does live, and uh, <laughs> the one, she's good. One quote or no for Marin? Sorry, I was excited when she was cast as as Etta Candy. Not particularly digging it so far. I think it's just a little too much, like they're trying a little too hard to in, to inject some humor in to these trailers to make everyone go, you know, oh, okay, maybe it's going to be funny. And, you know, maybe people are liking this. Maybe people are enjoying this. I don't know. I don't know what people like. I just don't necessarily.
2: No, it's all so uh, far. It's all crap shoots. But I, I do think it's important to do what they have done, which is inject the humor. I, I mm-hmm. we we needed that uh, just as a nation. We needed to know that this this movie was gonna stop every now and then and make a joke. Had to.
1: since he's of humor, stat.
2: It really, it had to have that. It just <laughs> did. We're at that point. I agree. And, I agree. You know, I don't mind it being a couple of throwaway lines from Ed Candy. My, I, I mean, I uh, Chris Pine's been pretty funny in the the trailer shots we've gotten from him. Um, and you know, what like Wonder Woman has to be your straight guy. I mean, right. she can't be the one telling jokes. So, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'd love it if she got in a one-liner here and there. But, like, you're mostly going to have the people around her be the truly funny people. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely fine. I just well, don't as far think as humor, they've... I don't think they've blown their load at all. I, I think yeah. they've thrown in, like, a couple of good one-liners here and there to make sure that we knew that there was something going on. If anything, that... It, if there's anything that worries me about Eddie Candy in this film, it's mm-hmm. that and it almost doesn't worry me too much. It's that she is going to be marginalized to a supporting character that's there for a couple of good laughs and maybe a good good scene, but she's not going to have like a... It doesn't seem like she's going to have a you know a story arc for herself, and that's fine. I don't but,
1: I don't care that she has a story arc for herself. What I do want out of Eddie Candy, because she says it in the in one of the trailers... Fisticuffs? It's, it's a, there's a joke. Yeah, the fisticuffs. In the comics, she was a brawler. She was a
2: fisticuffer. And I think you I might get that. that moment where she finally punches somebody... I, I firmly believe even that you're going to get that moment where she actually, like, hauls off on somebody a couple times. Yeah. I think you're going to get that reward. It's just my bet. Just, I mean, just, just uh, my one dollar on one side of the table here. But, but on the other hand, you're going to get Lucy Davis being really funny. Yeah. And I don't think we've seen all of her punchlines by a long shot.
1: Well, no. And I think it's uh, part of it is uh, the way that they're cutting the 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 one liners together in the trailers that I don't care for. I mean, the fact that she was having trouble getting through that ro- uh, you know revolving door with the uh, the sword, Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. was getting having trouble with that it was funny in of itself. We didn't really need suddenly Lucy Davis saying like, "Oh, I, the sword does not go with your outfit." Blah blah blah. Whatever. No, that works. Um, fine. It was okay, but it was clearly cut. Like there was something in between, um, and I, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
2: you're probably right about the, the cut. But
1: it, it's Yeah, still, it just like, seemed off to me.
2: When we've gone to Lucy Davis, she's been funny. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be a lot more Lucy Davis being funny in the film. I don't even think we've maybe seen her best punch lines. It's entirely possible that she's got some... I, I, I would be kind of surprised if this is like her best material in the film.
1: I think my my source of humor from this film is going to come from Chris Pine.
2: I think he's got a lot more to offer too. But but him, they are going to have an arc with him. You can tell they're going to have an arc with him. Like he's going to go through a whole thing yeah. where he's going to have a, a, a dramatic, like love interest based thing with with Diana and all that. And it's going to be very action movie with him for a minute, and it's going to be very you know CW almost for a second here and there, <laughs> God forbid. But you know what I'm saying? It it <laughs> he's it's he's going to have a range that it, as yeah. his character connects to Diana and. Part Of it along the way, he's gonna have some really funny lines,
1: yeah, sure. You know, I uh, I enjoyed this trailer a lot, I liked it. I've watched it probably 10 times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even went and showed it to my mom. My mom was the person who brought me to uh, the first Batman movie back in '89. She got me into Batman, yeah, she she loves Batman, I think Superman's a pansy. Um, but
0: I'll have a talk like, with her about her, that one day.
1: <laughs> I can't get her to watch the um, the Man of Steel, you know. I, I bought it for her, I'm like, look, now, I mean. You gotta, you're gonna need to watch Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad and blah, blah, blah. But she's watching this Wonder Woman. She's like, I don't want to see Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's lame. I don't want to see that. She watched the trailer. She was like, Oh my God, I got chills. I'm like, i like, know. <laughs> and she's like, and what do I have to watch again? And I'm like, you gotta watch Man yeah, of Steel, Batman v Superman. Superman. You gotta watch Suicide Squad. She's like, I don't want to watch Superman. <laughs> but, you know, I mean. She's used to the Christopher Reeve, and she just never cared for it. She never, she never dug it. He's a you know a boy scout. She was always more of a Batman uh, person. So, but she dug this trailer. And
2: uh, I well, like we knew the trailer was coming all. out, and um, this is the last thing I'll say, I guess. I uh, we knew the trailer was coming out. Um, Christian and I were watching a movie. I randomly picked up my phone because um, you know ADD guarantees that you can't do any one task for the length of a movie. So I ran, let me pick up mm-hmm. my phone for, like, the fourth time and, and check it, and finally it's here. The The mm-hmm. Wonder Woman origin trailer is finally here. And, I, like, ran over and paused the movie, and, and my wife's giving me the, you know, the what-the-fuck look. I'm like, it, just hold on. And I, like, like, laid down on the floor in the couch in front of where she was. <laughs> I was like, we have to watch this now. And kind of, yeah. you know, kind of got done. I was like, so am I going to have to fight you on this one? Nope. Cool. So you're down? Oh, yeah. All right.
1: Yeah, I uh, I was checking every five minutes myself because I mean, the day before Patty Jenkins and uh, she came out and said, "Hey, tomorrow is the day we're doing the thing."
2: You She don't did this awesome. Like they were all
1: yeah pimping it. It was it was gonna yeah.
2: happen. It happened late though. It felt like it did. I thought it I was gonna happened. wake up. The, I mean, I literally when I woke up, uh, what was it Saturday?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah,
2: Saturday. When I woke up that morning, I literally that's the first thing I checked for. Yeah, and you know what? It was. I expected to have dropped at like three in the morning or something. Six in the absolutely. morning. Absolutely,
1: I didn't. But um, yeah, I mean, they're like, "Oh, it's gonna be tomorrow," and I'm checking and checking, and it's like, "When? When did they post it? Twenty-three hours. Bastards are gonna wait twenty-four hours. I know they are.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know. and they
1: pretty much did. Um, I'm over
2: there on Google, uh, you know, search tools, date, right? Twenty-four hours. And I don't even care. If it didn't happen today, I don't even care, Google. Don't tell me about it.
1: Yeah, I was on the road and I was just like basically reloading pages and stuff and yeah. just seeing what was happening. And then I saw it was up and I pulled over to the side of the road and just watched it yeah. like three times. Like, "Oh my gosh, this is awesome."
2: All that to say, I was not disappointed and I I uh, yeah. God, I keep hoping this is the film that we can all believe in.
1: I hope it is. I get the feeling it's not, but I hope it is. I, I mostly get the feeling that it's not because there are several people, and you know, everyone's like, well, not everyone, but a lot of people are saying, you know, "Yeah, don't, don't, you know, pull, toe the conspiracy line." And I'm not even sure it's a conspiracy. I just think there's a lot of hatred out there for the DC stuff. I just do. Like there is, and, and I've, I, I think I've
2: some of it is probably born that. of of eh, possibly like uh, corporate machinations. There's parts sure. of it that seem. Like they might actually be active sabotage in certain ways, and part of it's just uh, they haven't had their moment yet. That w- we like the DCU. I've said this so many times. Uh, has not had the moment yet where we got behind one character and went, "Okay, all right, well, I'll roll know, with this."
1: The thing is, though, is like like with Marvel, and I know you're thinking, like, "Well, who else is there?" There's others. There are others. Yeah, um, other. but like with Marvel. Right out of the gate, they hit it. Or they hit it with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, everyone wanted to see that Robert Downey Jr. was back. Yeah, everyone loves Robert Downey Jr. But they don't trust him because of the drugs in the past. And it looks like he knocks it out of the park. Everyone was like, "What do you mean you're going to have the, him for Tony Stark?" And then the first trailer drops, and you're like, "Oh, oh gosh.
2: absolutely!" Yeah,
1: no, and, and then, also there was like, the
2: feel-good story a little bit with him. Where like he, he has had that backstory, and he he did yes. clean up. And not only did he clean up, he kind of bulked up even to do this role. Like he he was a healthy human being for the first time in a long time, I guess. Yeah. And it was it was a it was a cool story to cover. Like it, we were are all kind of rooting for him, and then the the film was good. Yeah, and, sure. And it it had it. There was the moment where you know the the majority of America got behind it and went, "Yes, this is the thing I want to I want to
1: follow." Yeah, and everyone at first were like, Robert Downey Jr. and John Favreau, they're going to make a comedy, it's going to be goofy, it's going to be stupid. When am I going to see it. Vince Vaughn? I mean, Vaughn. it was funny. It was, yeah. And I kind of wish we had. Like, he would have been a great Obadiah Stane, right? I think he would have been but, a
0: fantastic Obadiah Stane.
1: Not that I don't love Jeff Bridges. <laughs> but, um, you know what? They should have just had Vince Vaughn there as like a secondary, uh, a se- secondary guy for Favreau's character. And then just had him getting fired at some point and just be like no this is horseshit, Stark this is horse shit actually um. <laughs> I,
2: you know I mean I like where you're going with that but and this is completely beside the point so let's I just, let's just uh, I'm going to say one thing and we should move on I probably just thinking about it I would rather have had him be the the villain in Ant-Man
1: ooh that would have been fun
2: I didn't think that got anything wrong except now that I'm thinking no. about it Vince Vaughn would have been better
1: <laughs> yeah probably
2: sorry dude
1: well, there's a fair amount of roles. If you look at the overarching, if you look at the history of Vince Vaughn's career, you can like pick out certain things. Like I think Vince Vaughn would be a phenomenal joker. Why do I think that? Clay pigeons and domestic disturbance. <laughs> those those are the reasons, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's fair. Um but when you um when you look at it in that through that prism of saying like you know they're rooting for this guy to come back He's a phenomenal actor we've all been waiting for him to make his big comeback it was a good story we didn't story think it was going to happen overall it was a good story and you're rooting for him when that's your first movie you don't care that the next two suck which they did i'm not saying that from a personal standpoint cuz i kind of enjoyed incredible hulk and i absolutely enjoyed iron man 2 but critically
2: did and not do a well. lot of
1: fans a lot of fans agree they kind of sucked. No, there was a um,
2: lull. Like there was a, a genuine lull between Iron Man and pretty much the Avengers where it just it it was like the mm-hmm. it was the shape of a swimming pool, man. I mean, mm-hmm. Hulk had its problems. And Iron Man 2 got uh, mixed reviews at best. Like the first Captain yeah, America Thor was and Thor fine. were kind of there and we were all happy to see them, but it felt like it all happened in context and it felt like it was all leading up to something. And,
1: I felt like we were happy to see them taken seriously.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But that's a but that's about it. Like they were okay.
2: And by the time the uh, <laughs> you know by the time the last couple of these movies were coming out, you were already hearing about like no seriously we're getting the Avengers Joss Whedon. And how do you yeah. not get excited about that? But absolutely. So there's been a different narrative over in the MCU that we haven't had here, where, where I was like it it's been this uh, weird, bizarre world where like people are specifically not excited about Zack Snyder. And, well, and the, you know, the I think a part of that, and...
1: I honestly think there's a couple of different parts to that. One, um, it's coming off of an extremely successful trilogy that Christopher Nolan did. Now, we're not a huge fan of that trilogy, but, mm-hmm. you know, The Dark Knight was actually so good. And we will outright say Dark Knight was amazing. Great movie. You know, it may be the best Batman movie made still. Still is,
2: yeah.
1: Um. Aside from Mask of the Phantasm, which, if anyone argues with me on that, they can, you know, go <laughs> screw themselves. But...
2: best live action um, Batman, though, I, yeah, I, I think, Dark Knight, without any doubt.
1: Dark Knight was so good that it made people blind to how bad Dark Knight Rises actually was.
2: I think so sometimes, yeah.
1: And that trilogy became so beloved by a whole generation of people that now it's the new DCEU that's not in that canon think about how many movie pilot articles we saw popping up before we even doing the show um just you see this stuff like oh christian bale is gonna be the you know no, there was a batman was a
2: ton of hope that they would just continue that that like Mana still even, happened and that the, yeah, they were gonna do another one and it would continue that trilogy and
1: yeah. And there was even, like, people were saying Joseph Gordon Levitt's going to be Batman in the Justice League, the Newton Universe. Yeah. Then there were people who were saying that, like, when they cast Ben Affleck, they were like, oh, Ben Affleck's secretly Deathstroke. And he's this, you know, Jeremy Irons is Wintergreen. And
2: that, even what that are you happened. talking yeah.
1: about? So I think people were so desperate for the n- not a reboot. <laughs> but, um,. <laughs> And this is all coming off of, you know, you got to think about Nolan doing Batman Begins it was the first time we actually saw, like, Batman from, you know, since Batman and Robin, and that was a huge misstep, a huge misfire. No, I mean the, so the, the back I, end know. of
2: uh, what I'll, I'll say is the Keaton run, um, like mm-hmm. that series of movies that started with Keaton, the back end of that is, is just god-awful uh, dumpster fire kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. to see Batman Begins, it was a huge step in the right direction. Nolan Mm-mm, Nolan gets a, a ton of credit for that. And then Dark Knight is an honest-to-God good film. Sure, we can sit here and do some stuff. Oh, yeah. like, we, ha- we have a review where we pick it apart a little bit and have some fun. But it's an honest-to-God good film that's that's one of the few DVDs I've bothered going out to make sure I owned. I loved
1: yeah. it. It's so good that it actually hurts to watch it now because I know what comes next.
2: Yeah, and uh, but it it seemed like it just all went away with Dark Knight Rises, and I, I that's that's a little painful, but to nolan's credit he he took the the public perception of that character into a place where we could get we can be here now. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm not sure if you could have just hopped into Affleck's version of it after what we'd seen before. <laughs> I'm not sure anyone would have yeah. cared. I'm not sure the networks would have picked it up. like WB might have just said,, yeah, you know, I'm, I don't care." Yeah. And to be fair, like the 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 Nolan universe did well enough and it, you know, I, we get onto it for being a little too greedy and a little too weird and a little it, we got onto it for a lot of things. But it did actually set up the ability to take the universe seriously and it got us into the DC. Nolan gets credit for that as far as I'm concerned. Mhm. Now, some of his choices along the way, I would like to have words with him. But <laughs> But he did accomplish the overall goal of, like, getting us to a serious Batman that we're going to spend money on. We're all going to take – we're all going to, like, really sit down and look at this person as Bruce Wayne slash Batman, a person that I care about. This is not a cartoon.
1: Yeah. I I know we've gone on a tangent now, but, you know, I think there is hope. Somehow
2: from Wonder Woman? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I think there's hope, um, which is important obviously mm-hmm. in DCEU and rebirth and all of that that's what they're that's what they're selling over and over again but the narrative even as far as the media is concerned has been talking about how amazing wonder woman looks how they've been ta- they've been talking about how it's going to change the tone of the DCEU and of course they're using wonder woman as more of an excuse to crap on BVS that's fine if that's what you have to do if that's what gets you off if that what ma- makes you uh, willing to give Wonder Woman a chance, I guess I'll accept it begrudgingly. Yeah, I don't even, even care.
2: I, I just... It, and saying that it changes the tone is... is
0: <laughs> there,
1: there are two
2: ways you could take that. You could you could say it changes the tone as mm-hmm. though we were actionary, or you could say it changes the tone as though we kind of had a plan to change the tone around the Wonder Woman Justice League area anyway. Like we were doing The Darkest mm-hmm. Before the Dawn. That's the reason it's titled mm-hmm. that way. And now we're going to do it this way. Um... I honestly don't care how you approach that question, how you approach that thing. I just hope you're excited to see the movie.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, where I'm at it at this point. Anyway, so when they when they pimped out that the trailer was coming out the next day, they also released this gorgeous Wonder Woman poster of mm. her like on one knee with a sword in the sand, you know.
2: Yeah, that was good. Oh. oh her one-shots have been fantastic.
1: Oh, it's gorgeous. So, um, Charles Roven, and I'm just, you know, <laughs> I didn't, I'm not, we're not talking about everything Charles said here. He was talking to comicbook.com. I am not going into everything he said because some of it is just obvious, like just w- strangely tangential. Like, well, you know, the thing about Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman is, and he's like, yeah, we know.
2: I mean, it's on Refect there. The if you just want to refresh your course. <laughs>
1: Cometbook.com, if you don't know who Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are. Charles uh, Rubin will really <laughs> explain it to you. Kind of. Like, I was telling Jason, like, he, like, changes, like, tense in the middle of a sentence. Yeah. I'm a little worried that he's, I'm a little worried he's not all there, but. Well, you
2: know. You get up to that point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he was talking about Wonder Woman being like, uh, we don't, fun. We don't
2: edit these things. Like, I'm, I'm happy when I make a, you know, a cogent sentence. Every time, every time I get right. from from the capital letter to a period, I'm happy. Oh, oh
1: man! <laughs> as happy. long as no
2: one like called for medical attention between those two things, I'm pretty happy with what happened.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a fair uh, a fair hope. Yeah, when one goes into speaking, I hope an ambulance isn't called in the middle of the <laughs> right. sentence.
2: I just. You go up to do a public speech of any kind, and you're like, I just don't want a straitjacket. Just at the, I hope uh, at no the end is... of this, I hope no one <laughs> thinks I should be imprisoned.
1: Oh no, I was thinking like, I hope no one is so offended by my grammar that they in fact start having a coronary uh, event. <laughs> just we'll say.
2: Don't want to literally cause harm <laughs> with my inability to start and then finish a sentence. <laughs>
1: I told a guy at work this week, we we're talking about a coworker and I was like, I swear, man, he's so dumb. I it's like he's speaking in in all lowercase. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> There's no punctuation. It's a three paragraph run-on sentence.
2: Not a comma in the mix. Yeah. I, I, I do know the type on that one. All
1: right. So yeah, Charles Roven was talking to uh comicbook.com. Um which is an impressive site, because they get a lot of people to actually interview with directly. Yeah, they do. They're the source of a lot of great stuff, but they have so many ads, you would think no one would want anything to do with them.
2: I, I know. I've, I've, I have I've think I've literally said, fuck them before. Um, yeah. It's not their content. They have good content. It's just their...
1: Their content's fine.
2: so damn hard to get to sometimes. You have to like, fight your way to the content.
1: You do. You <laughs> like, have to accomplish something booked.
2: when I get... <laughs> I get in and out of there with good information. Like, <laughs> Survived you again, comic book.
1: Mm-hmm. He, uh, he was talking to comicbook.com about Wonder Woman. He described the story with words such as fun, emotional, exciting. Always a good thing. He also said it was uh, relatable to children. It was relatable to adults of all ages. Um, But he also iterated that this was a combination of canons. Which is, uh, you know, one of the things that I pulled from the story that I thought was interesting. He says, for Wonder Woman, what was really intriguing to us was the mythology of her past and attempting to blend both the canon from the past with the New 52 and really come up with a compelling story for Diana and her hero's journey. He then went on to describe Batman and Superman's hero's journey and their origins. We don't need to get into that here. Sure. Um, But I like the idea of combining the canons. I think is probably the best way to do it. Yeah, I mean... That way you kind of please everybody.
2: Especially bringing up New 52. Like It, it went on long enough that some people are attached to it, and it, it did take some uh, some chances. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's starting to get a little retconned here in Rebirth. Um, I mean, some of it's going to list, some of it's not, but mm-hmm. it it is. It's still nice to like see another take on everything. That part is, I, I think, the part that everyone's going to walk away thinking, oh, well, that was neat.
1: Yeah. And what's cool is, you know, you think about like, ah, oh, these young kids with their stupid crap, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, we have a presence on Tumblr, a very small presence, I, I should say, but, um, there's a presence on Tumblr. I haven't really given it a whole lot of time. I plan to.
2: I just learned about a presence but, on Tumblr.
1: Yeah. You, Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the people on there, a lot of the fans on there, they pretty much, they're teenagers. They only know new 52, uh, our generation, mine specifically, me specifically, not that we're that much different, that different age. We just have different experiences with the comics, I think. But me, I became, uh, really involved in DC comics, um, post crisis. So to me, you know, know, Burns Man of Steel is mother's milk. You know what I mean? Like uh the golden age and silver age to me in my head like when I see that stuff I'm like oh yeah that's weird shit that happened before 86. <laughs> <laughs> I cherish it in a way. I do and I appreciate it and I even like I really love the stylized 50s and 60s style uh, style stuff. I mean I'm an old school Doctor Who and Star Trek fan. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love silver age. I love golden age. Golden age is weird. But oh, it's mean, it
2: strange.
1: Silver, Silver Age is super weird. Like, super, super weird. But it's like campy. It's like camp in a way that I can really get behind and enjoy. Golden Age is just like all pulpy. Every hero has a gun. Yeah. Superman thumps people's brains out because he's that strong. <laughs> but he can't fly. You know, it's like yeah. weird sh- It's just weird. But, you know, uh, uh, to. Uh, to a whole other generation that that's the stuff they grew up with they were around for 78 superman they were around for george reeves which by the way i just got all of, all of the george reeves superman on dvd yeah the adventures of superman yeah. they had a they had a special going on on amazon and i jumped on it that's so that's, mm. super happy about that yeah. no pun intended honestly but just I used to watch that on Dick at night. I love that old style, but I don't like consider it like I don't take it seriously somehow. <laughs> like I do, like no, I, I, I was up don't
2: take watching it. that like one thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I didn't fall asleep in the like ten minute segments of him flying, but
1: <laughs> right, That was awake. But anyway, anyway, um, every generation has their has their. Uh, their take on it and uh where the, their entry point and i'm not trying to hate on that um i've enjoyed what i've read of new 52 and what i've read of rebirth admittedly it's not as much as i read of uh post-crisis uh post-crisis era because i at that point in my life i bought every title
2: yeah yeah
1: anyway you had like the uh, box Charles... you hooked up and everything do what you had
2: the box you picked up and everything the uh
1: Oh, I had a box. Yeah. I pretty much at one point in my life, and by one point I meant over a series of probably 10 years, I had I got everything from Marvel and DC pretty much. Like both.
2: Mm-hmm. That's a, that is a lot of stuff.
1: I, it was cumbersome. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't really start out that way. It was like, I want to get all the X-Men stuff, and I want to get all the Batman and Justice, Justice League stuff. And then that kind of went in, like, I guess I'll get the Superman stuff. Nah, I probably really need to... I mean, if we're going to do the crossover, I need to get Shadow Pack. <laughs> well, I mean, if comic fans know what I'm talking about.
2: Well, that's how they get you. I mean, it it is. <laughs> it's, it is. It is is a business. I'm really
1: interested in this Ragman guy. I really want to yeah, know what's, see what's, what's going what's on like with that. Ragman. Wait, who is this Detective Chimp?
2: What <laughs> <laughs> the hell is he doing here?
1: <laughs> what chicanery is this? And, you know, as you get in, you start, like, as Jeff Johns, like, because I, I got into comics, and then probably some five or six years later, Jeff Johns exploded on the scene. I remember when he started writing Flash, and uh, they, he was doing Murmur, mm. and uh, I think that was Jeff Johns. And Wizard Magazine, like, had, like, an article on Jeff Johns every week about how amazing this guy is. So, as I'm reading comics, Jeff Johns explodes onto the scene as I'm getting in really just really getting into kind of because I like I'm I'm a huge Batman fan I have been since I was six years old but I didn't get into the comics until a little later like I was a big fan of the idiot root series and I had a few arcs but I didn't have like anything definitive and then I had like the Nightfall series and I kind of read the big stuff like Dark Knight Returns and stuff like that but actually getting into it and then Jeff Johns kind of exploding and Suddenly the Silver Age was back, and I'm like watching them like change. Like, oh, we can't have Kyle Reiner anymore. I'm like, no, what Kyle Reiner. <laughs> Um, I love Kyle Reiner. Why would you get rid
2: of? Uh, It was kind of fun. Like,
1: mean, yeah, you know, here's here's Barry Allen again. I'm like, eh, I don't That's know Barry. Cool, I came, I I came to love Barry. I absolutely did. But you know, Wally was the Flash when I started reading. So, You're old ginger, know. Wally. Absolutely. So anyway. Charles Rovin, getting back to the news. Charles <laughs> Rovin. was talking about, you know what, Jason was like, oh, we got to, I was telling Jason we had a short news week this week. And uh, he's like, you know, kind of expressed some uh, concern, I guess. I am never concerned when we have a short news week. I know that we're going to get off on something. We can. If we, <laughs> like, on busy news weeks, we in fact. Just like whip ourselves into shape a little bit. Yeah. If there's like a
2: ton going on, we we seem to just kind of rifle through it. But if there's just not a lot going on, we just fuck around for a while. Yeah. I I I don't really regret any of that.
1: I don't either. It's a lot of fun. I do. I do enjoy it. Um and that's what I listen to podcasts for a lot of times. Especially the ones like ours. Um
2: the fuck around time. That's that's absolutely
1: right. Yeah. So there's a lot of clickbait stuff going on about flashbacks and flash forwards in the DCEU films. And uh, this was Charles Roven again, talking to comicbook.com. And um, <laughs> he talks about uh, Wonder Woman going back to the warring times and, uh, and how it'll still tie up with the other films and whatnot. But here's his quote. And see if you can make any sense out of this, Jason, because I sure as hell didn't. Let's see. I made a little bit of sense out of it, honestly. I did. Um, I I guess I'll I'll let you guys know. He says, for example, the Justice League movie will take place in a universe that's post-Batman v Superman. Just like Batman v v Superman takes place in a universe that's post-Man of Steel. Well, sure. So
2: far, so good. Haven't lost me yet. That makes
1: sense. Yeah, you, you got that right, Charles. When we're dealing with either the Flash or Aquaman... Since they will take place in a universe that has happened after Justice League, the characters in the world will be informed by the movies that preceded them, except that there's flashbacks or whatever within those particular movies, and flash-forwards within those particular movies. I mean, I get all the flashback stuff, because obviously, I mean, whatever preceded it is going to be referenced no, in I some mean, way.
2: That can be cool, as they're doing it. Two things. If you just mm-hmm. say that you're going to have flashbacks and... All right, so we're going to have the Justice League movie. And then we're going to have uh, Flash and Aquaman. mm mm-hmm. um, I think before we have Justice League 2. Sorry, I'm wrong with that. But we're definitely going to like see the characters introduced. They're going to definitely interact. They're going to have a whole thing that's happening. And then they're going to get their solo movies. All right, so doing a little bit of flashback stuff, which obviously, uh, based on some of the stuff we've seen so far, we're going to get a little bit... A flashback during the the Justice League,
0: mm-hmm. um,
2: but doing some flashback stuff, doing some origin story stuff, just a little bit during their movies. <laughs> like it, that's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Like it, you you have it, and but you can put it in sure. the context of the movies that you've already seen, and kind of you don't have to use too much of it. It's it's actually mm-hmm. a nice way to approach it in a way, where you can just kind of go back and pick up like a couple extra scenes that would be nice to have that inform the movie you're trying to make that hopefully specifically inform the movie you're trying to make and not just generally inform the character because Mm -hmm. we kind of all came to the movie with expectations of that character. So you should really come to it with, uh, you should be trying to tell me about what I want to care about in this movie. And that's Mm -hmm. fine. All that makes sense until he uses the phrase flash forwards.
1: (laughs) To me, the flash forwards means, like, every, all, every, okay, the what the thing that I needed him to explain was the flash forwards. Instead, he, he, he explained the flashbacks, which I don't need explained. No. I'm like, well, sure. All
2: of that seems like yeah. a fine idea. I mean.
1: That just great. sounds like a continuity to me. Yeah. Now, if we're talking about flash forwards, meaning that we jump ahead, like, okay, like BVS, right? We jump ahead, we see, like, Superman's in charge of the world, and there's an Omega symbol in the ground, and parademons are flying around and batman's being tricked by a green bulb cool i mean i know that that movie got a lot of crap for that a lot of people were mad about that said that it made the movie disjointed that didn't make any sense it made perfect sense to me especially with barry allen popping through a portal and being like dude am i too soon whatever that's perfectly fine to me i'm totally down for that i like that kind of stuff i don't give a crap what the critics say uh, I'm a comic book fan. I know about the multiverse. I know about the future, time travel. I know about all that crap. I know Barry was probably on a cosmic treadmill. I hope he was, anyway. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm fine if that's what they're talking about when they're talking about flash forwards. Um, so, yeah. No, I, that can I, work. I am absolutely, absolutely fine with flashbacks. I'm absolutely fine with flashbacks, and here's why. Uh, it, it, since the beginning of these stupid movies, all these, I don't mean stupid in a, you know, snobby kind of way. Like I hate comic book movies. I hate some of them. But, <laughs> um, what I mean is like, you know, they always kind of want to hit like, oh, we're going to tell the origin story. We're going to tell the origin story. And I'm like, okay, well, cool. We get Batman again, but we're not going to get Robin. If we get Robin, it's going to be his origin story. But in the comics, I'm, I'm reading about Nightwing, who is, Infinitely more interesting than Dick Grayson's Robin. Oh yeah, like I want to see Nightwing's adventures. And hey, looks like we're gonna get. And him. you're gonna get that. That's yeah. one of the things that was ex- that was exciting to me. They didn't go full Dark Knight Returns on it. They didn't say like Bruce is gonna be 60 years old in BVS. No, they made it like 45, where he was in my head in the comics. So that means like you know, in a solo Batman movie set in the present day, he could be. They could introduce him to his son Damien uh you know tim could be in the background you know uh jason could be and is could and is a part of the past dick is obviously a part of the past at this point yeah um i like the idea for where they are in the comics now and you know even with rebirth with new 52 with rebirth they didn't want to give that up even so much they screwed up the timeline and made it not make sense just so that they could have nightwing red hood red robin <laughs> And Robin, yeah, they got they all got a in lot the same room together. They got a lot of flack, but you know what? They they weren't completely wrong because no one wanted any of the Batman universe to be rewritten. Like we honestly didn't.
0: That
1: was the best thing about DC, and it just it probably it might still be. They've done it. They've taken some great strides with a lot of great characters. You know, I don't ever want to like. I wouldn't want to rewrite anything with Kyle Rayner. I I just wouldn't. No, I like Kyle Rayner.
2: No, it's it's fine as it is. And there's a. I don't think there's anyone out there that's got a better idea about what or to do Wally. with Bruce Wayne. You know.
1: You know, I've got some ideas for what to do with Bruce Wayne, right. but they all involve him being Batman.
2: <laughs> no, I, I just like it, as far as an origin story goes, you got it. You got. Don't improve on this. I mean, it, you it, you can maybe add some accessories, but you're not gonna add. You're not gonna redo this story. It is what it is.
1: I would be. I would be happy to... No, if like I got a job writing for the actual canon, I wouldn't redo it. Oh, no, if I got an Elseworlds if they said
2: style? Oh, fuck yeah, I'd play it. If I that. got
1: an Elseworlds? Yeah, an Elseworlds would just be like... <laughs> well, hopefully not as bad as what if Stan Lee created the DC Universe. But...
2: <laughs>
1: Look, guys, I love Marvel, I love DC. I'm doing a DC show, right? Man, those books, what if D C what if Stan Lee created the Marvel Universe? Here's the thing. And I want to be fair. They were awful and not at all what I expected. And it was at that moment that I knew for sure that yeah, pretty much all of those other creators that Stan Lee robbed credit from were the ones who made those books what they were. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that's probably only half true. <sighs>
1: Like, yeah, Steve, uh, yeah, Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, yeah, you guys were screwed. Um.
2: <laughs> yeah, they were probably pretty specifically screwed. Yeah.
1: Anyway, moving on. Um, so there's been a lot of clickbait going on about the about Warner Brothers being open to R-rated DCU films because of uh, the success of Logan. Um, I, we were spe- uh, specifically tagged on Twitter. And by an individual, and I'm not going to say his name. I don't know if he actually even listens. Uh, if you listen, let me know. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, this guy always like tags us with like, you know, news, but it's always like really clickbaity news. And he's always like got some sort of like dig at DC, you know, in his tweet. Like, uh, like, you know, uh, open to R rated to an R rated movie or anxious to copy. And I'm like, eh, probably both. Business is business. <laughs> I mean, us, you know, the the idea is that, like, and I've seen a bunch of these where, like, oh, Fox is the trendsetter now. You know, they're doing R-rated movies, Deadpool and Logan.
2: When did you think you'd ever hear that, for God's sake?
1: You know, I figured it would happen eventually because the internet is full of idiots. Here's the thing, though.
2: Um, No, and uh, I I don't know who this guy is, but, you know, uh. I, I'm open to a conversation about it like it yeah especially in this context all right Fox <laughs> kind of doesn't care about the certain uh, the, some of the same things that Disney cares about and Disney runs yeah. Marvel right now, like Disney's got carte blanche on what happens mm-hmm. whereas like WB is I think they're trying to compete within a framework of wanting mm-hmm. to be able to get nine year olds and 50 year olds into the same movie. Yeah. And they haven't been able really to convince themselves that if we just committed to like nineteen year olds and, you know, fifty year olds versus like some kids, we might be able to make a movie that's absolutely worth yeah.
1: it. Now let me let me jump in real quick and actually tell you that what the story is. Um, Butro Gonzalez of the Rap says that a quote, well placed insider told him hmm. that with the right characters, WB would be willing to consider an R rated comic book movie set in the DC universe. Um, Now, I don't know who this quote-unquote well-placed insider is. I don't care. Uh, Charles Roven, we've talked about before, has said, post-Deadpool, he said that future DC movies would likely remain PG-13. I don't see a problem with that. I think that's the smart move. Just, it's not that, and we'll talk about this a little bit after the show too, but after the credits, after the end, but Deadpool and Wolverine. Or Logan? Yeah, Logan, sorry. Um, Deadpool and Logan are very specific instances. Like, they're, like, Fox is not the trendsetter here. They're not the first people to make comic book movies that were rated R. I mean, you got The Crow, you got The Blade Trilogy, you got, I think, I think Tank Girl was <laughs> rated R. And, you know, especially that last one, not all of them were well received. Uh, there's a lot of fuss out there about WB just copying Deadpool and Logan, and oh, they're copying Fox. I don't think they are. If if anything, they're saying like, oh, okay, good. There's a there's a precedent for a really hard hitting uh, R-rated movie.
2: No, uh, but bottom line, period. Cut, it can make cut money. Everything else out from what you're thinking. Everybody copies each other. That's that's Absolutely. how it happens like everybody copies it is it's very rare very rare that someone actually takes the time to to take the next step
1: and if you look at logan there's not a lot of special effects it's not a common like look we know that deadpool was made on a low budget deadpool uh yeah deadpool was made on a low budget logan was made on a low budget yeah um look at logan you can tell it's made Mm -hmm. on a low budget. They're like, okay, we're going to make it R rated, but it doesn't have to be like some special effects spectacular. No. It doesn't. And that's, and that's, uh, you know, even if it wasn't rated R, that it does help if they wanted to make it rated R. Like, okay, sure. It wasn't, ma- we didn't spend $400 million on this movie. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're doing things in a, uh, it seems like they're doing things in a frugal fashion. But just because Fox made two films that actually treated the characters they had with respect and delivered satisfying uh, portrayals of those characters with a solid storytelling and execution, guess how we're going to fall on the side of Logan after the show? But... (laughs) That's what made them a a success and yeah I mean people were like oh we're going to do an R rated Logan we never honestly as a Wolverine fan I never thought I'd see an R rated Wolverine I always thought we should have an R rated Wolverine where he's like actually like you know I didn't think about him cursing he curses a lot in the movie that's weird but the the the, the guts and the brains and the eyes and everything that was awesome yeah. And that and felt like Logan. That yeah, felt like Wolverine. Like you,
2: you thought uh let's face it, like growing up we thought the uh the most <laughs> I don't know, egregious thing we'd see was him just pulling up his middle claw to Cyclops.
1: Right. Now like, to that be was, fair, that was though, a huge
2: cool moment.
1: To be fair, there is a lot to be said for things that happen off screen, which is what we've seen in the X Men movies so far. There's a lot to be said for what happens off screen because it lends to the imagination. If you need, you know, any help trying to figure out what I'm talking about, go watch Batman the Animated Series. You'll see, like, a lot of, like, cuts to silhouettes fighting and stuff. Things happen off screen. Like, Batman will just close in on a guy who's like, oh, no. And then, like, he comes out and he's like, I know where the thing is because I, you know, probably broke this guy's clavicle, but I'm not going to say it on a cartoon.
0: Yeah.
2: Or Brave Um. and the Bold, the the (laughs) alley scene in... um... Oh, I forget the name of the episode now. But the the alley scene where they finally show uh, Bruce going in with his parents, mm-hmm. they just show it. It's off screen. Yeah, it's it's just a, a couple of sound effects, and it, you you never see anything. Yeah, but it is kind of powerful.
1: I think the most powerful thing because the actually That's the one. chill the night. Chill of yeah. the night. Yeah, actually written by Paul Dini, who did the yes. Batman Batman animated series. Yeah, Batman animated series, the best depiction I've ever seen of a flashback of Batman's parents getting gunned down was Batman with his parents. And then he's, they're walking down a long alleyway and then the alleyway becomes a tunnel and then the tunnel comes out of the ground and it's a giant gun. It was like Batman on fear gas.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that was like one of the most powerful things to me when I was a kid. I was just like, Oh my God. But my point is, you know, uh, of course WB is open to an R rated movie. Of course they are. I don't know who they would really need it for, except for maybe Lobo.
2: <laughs> I don't. It looks like I, this Aquaman might demand it.
1: This Aquaman, I guess, might demand it. Uh, you know, I don't know, but <laughs> not really. And and honestly, I don't think Logan demanded it. I really don't. Deadpool did. Logan, not so much.
2: No, Logan was. Uh... Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's 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 uh, sidebar that.
1: My my point though is, uh, you know, I don't think WB is uh, copying. You know, people use the term "oh, they're copying so and so." Man, that's grade school terminology. This is business. They're saying that it worked somewhere else, so they're will more willing. Not even willing. Just more willing to be open to it because it has worked somewhere else. Yeah. When you see that something works, you're more willing to try it out.
2: Absolutely.
1: If you've never heard of it before and it sounds cattywampus to you, you're like, no, I think we're going to go and, and stick with what's you know right for the broader audience. No, it's just the, business. The old you thing guys... about
2: show me the same but different is it's still there. It's always going to be there.
1: If you're not willing to accept that mentality that these things have to operate on a business structure because people can't spend all this money and have no one show up. These things have to operate on a business structure. Until you guys, you know, well, this never gonna really stop, but all of you people who are like, oh well this is, you know, they're copying. They're pieces of crap. Guess what? Thanos was a copy of Dark Side. Both all of these companies copy each other. And also, you're just kind of a brat who doesn't understand how the world works. And no one of any import is actually going to take you seriously. Moving on.
2: No, well, you know, the weird part, they they might be taken seriously. Because if there's enough of a, uh, if there's enough of a backlash of like, oh, you copied this, Hollywood will react to it. But it goes back to your point. It is a business. And
1: it's not like
2: owning a... uh, owning a company like MGM or WB you're not this isn't venture capitalism it's a business yeah you, you have you you have so many statistics that dictate your next move it's not it's there's not a lot of like gut instinct to it there's not a lot of uh, it's it's really not art anymore it's mm-hmm. it's science and a lot of the lot science of betrays is, yeah. uh, what we think of as legitimate art What we Mm -hmm. think of as something that should continue Um, The science of Ratings and uh, demographics Says oh fuck that shit Now
1: here's where science saves us Here's what business and science saves us You know if someone goes like Oh you know I don't want to make A Batman movie where Bruce Wayne is Batman I want to create my own Batman Character Mm -hmm. business is going to come in And go like dude they're not going to accept anyone But Bruce Wayne is Batman no Like, you remember, like, and we talked about this in previous episodes, uh, DC films that never happened. There was a Darren Aronofsky version, a Frank Miller Darren Aronofsky version of Batman Year One. It was got a movie that we're going to do. And instead of him going and traveling the world and learning how to fight crime and kick ass, he was a fry cook.
2: (laughs) I do remember that.
1: Thank you, Studio Gods, for stopping that. For making that happen. That was absolute balderdash. (laughs) <laughs> I don't care that it was from Frank Miller. I don't care that it was Darren Aronofsky. I like both of those cats. That was stupid. That was outright just plain on his face, ridiculous.
2: Yeah. So some of these, you know, um,
1: sometimes these things save us.
2: Some of these stories, <laughs> you, you get saved by the statistics. <laughs> That's kind of the fun so. point, though. Is like it's it's always. You know us fans and what we believe in and like what what means something to us versus the people that actually own the things that we care about
1: yeah it no. really
2: is it's it's always gonna be a battle
1: what like, sucks what they, they really sucks <laughs> sometimes
2: they win sometimes we win sometimes it it it's it's an orgy and sometimes we both just just absolutely get fucked in an alley
1: I don't. I've lost track of your analogy, sir.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It'll hold up. Just go back for it.
1: But, you know, where it sucks is, you know, I understand where the clickbait happens, where people are like, oh, they're just willing to copy, like, oh, an R-rated film, that's what they want. Mm -hmm. Now we're like, oh, that's not necessarily what's going to happen. But WB hasn't given us a lot of faith in that regard. You know, like, uh, Batman Forever was a huge success. Batman Returns was not so much of a success. They got complaints because of how dark and gross and weird it was so they're like oh yeah okay so batman forever was a big thing uh what if uh they like humor they want more of the of the gaudy villains in the humor so then let's we get batman and robin up. you know and uh, it's like dude okay how about it's a batman film so let's not have the penguin biting someone's nose and having blood spurt out right how about how about not having the penguin make ridiculously overt sexual references about parasols <laughs> and pussies twitching their little tails what the <laughs> hell are you talking about
2: that movie <laughs> in, in some ways was like his audition for it's always sunny in philadelphia
1: <laughs> um anyway getting back on track zach snyder uh put out a picture you know, last week he put up the uh, the the little five second video of Aquaman swimming up to what may be the Dead King or maybe Poseidon, whatever people are saying, whatever Some they want to believe figure. until we see it. Uh, <laughs> but, um, so he put up a picture of Jason Momoa on sort of a pulley system, an intricate pulley system, rig type of thing. And, uh, his hair was all pulled back, but it was all green screen behind him and, um, Zack Snyder said people were wondering whether he was CG or not. He's not everything surrounding him, including his hair was, but mm-hmm. he wasn't. <laughs> it was neat. It was, uh, Chris Begley over at Batman news posted that. And that was cool.
2: Now I would think you're going to have to CG out of the hair.
1: Yeah, you would think, I mean, they, we talked about it last, uh, well, a couple weeks ago, at least, uh, yeah, well, they were saying that, you know, it was kind of impossible to really get all those underwater scenes for real.
2: Yeah. I also want to bet that they're going to have to CGI uh, eyelids and, like, nose bubbles, I'll call them.
1: Hmm. I hadn't considered that.
2: I, I mean, I've, I've uh, you know, been dragged through water at a high rate, and I know which parts of my face left <laughs> were no longer under my control.
1: mm mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, So, apparently... um. The DP of BVS and uh, Suicide Squad. Not the DP. The photographer. Not the DP. Mm. Photographer Clay Enos. Uh, It's gotten under his skin the way fans keep demanding things. He said on Vero in a comment, I don't pay much attention to the way other directors are treated, but it does seem odd to constantly and often in all caps be asking for a trailer just so folks can mine it for screenshots and potential speculative spoilers. My brother doesn't even watch trailers for fear of changing his impression of the film. And since when was it even considered polite to repeatedly demand such things far ahead of a schedule set by the studio? All of this seems symptomatic of a culture spoiled by access and resultantly unsatisfied with the abundance of, All around them. Perhaps everyone needs to reset their expectations and sit with their impatience and excitement. That reflection may be hard, but it will surely be revelatory. My two cents. So apparently, he just does not like the fact that Zack Snyder is getting harassed by fans for the trailer for Justice League. And
2: um... I (laughs) kind of, I,
1: I just, yeah.
2: Leave him the hell alone, man. Let him make a film.
1: Yeah, I, I, like, part of me agrees with you completely. These people are working another,
2: 18, 20 twenty-hour days sometimes. Just let him make a damn film.
1: Absolutely, another part of me is like, dude, Clay Enos, chill out, man. We're all just <laughs> excited for the shit that's coming, you know. I know, it's, but he's
2: also like protecting the people he works with, and that's there's some loyalty there that I can respect.
1: Yeah, but you know, uh, I. I I have a weird uh, feeling. I have weird feelings with Clay Enus just because, like, he he pretty much almost exclusively uploads stuff to Vero. Sure. And that, he's like, a "This trend is they're a, doing there." Yeah, he's like, "This is a pure ad-free thing," and we don't like. He just seems very socialistic a lot of times. That bothers me. Mm-hmm. Like, he just hates everything that has anything to do with capitalism. I'm like, "Why are you even in an industry?" I don't know his politics. I don't know what he feels, but he just seems like he's a, a pretentious douchebag. Sometimes I like his photography. He does really pretty work.
2: No, a, <laughs> a man has great shots.
1: And about half of the time, I really agree with him, like fully, like yeah, tell him Clay. And then the other half of the time, I'm like, dude, get off your horse, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I I'm like, I think it's just I feel like he's... Probably, with as much negativity as coming toward all of this DCEU stuff, maybe he shouldn't be mad that people are so excited to see the Justice League stuff.
2: I don't know. Depends on the context there. Maybe
1: he should be thankful.
2: Depends on the context.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But, I mean, you know, you can turn off your phone. Zack Snyder can turn off his phone. (laughs) Or uh, delete Twitter for a minute. Would
2: you be surprised if, if it was, like, a requirement that he keep his phone on all times
1: i'm sure that's the case but i'm sure he could also delete twitter and then just like redownload it and upload whatever he wants to he doesn't use it that often none of these cats use twitter that often yeah especially since they're on vero like snyder and clay enos are on on vero and that's pretty much the way they exclusively unleash stuff yeah so um it's weird how
2: that's all getting contractual now. Like oh this is this is the platform you should use. We're 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 gonna we're gonna hang out over here. Join us.
1: I don't I don't I'm not sure that's contractual. I think Zack Snyder and Clay Enos decided to be pretentious together with Vero. <laughs> like,
2: I'd I'd like to know the backstory most, on that. I I would like I follow Clay Enos. Coin to see.
1: We we follow Clay Enos on Twitter and uh most of his tweets that I've seen are him telling people to go to Vera because it's the only true social media experience. <laughs> uh, of course. And I'm like, do you have stock in this shit, man? What's what's up?
2: <laughs> There's something going on there. There, there, there just is.
1: <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I don't know. Of course, he'd probably, I wouldn't take filthy lucre for, you know.
0: <laughs>
2: There's something up there. We just don't know what the deep Maybe are.
1: I'm wrong. I really don't know. I maybe I'm wrong. I don't I'm just joking around if somebody wants to get mad at me including Clay Enos. if he happens to listen to this I doubt it. Um I'm not chomping at the bit for a Justice League trailer though really. I'm kind of good with what we got. Uh one of the things I liked about the Wonder Woman trailer is cause, is that they didn't really show much else that we've I mean, you know, they kind of yeah, it was enough it was secret. enough to
2: give me a different angle and uh, enough to get me excited. Mhm. It's all I want. They did not, That's they all did I not want. pull a B. We, like,
1: you've got a few
2: trailers before a movie comes out. All I want is in each trailer to show me a different yeah. small aspect of what you're supposed to expect. And they they did didn't a pull a BBS
1: they didn't pull a BBS trailer too on me.
2: No, they didn't. I like I still don't know exactly the entire plot of the movie. Yeah. That's important.
1: Yeah. Moving on though, CinemaCon. Uh this is trade show that happens in Las Vegas. Where all the movie studios put on big presentations for the uh, you know movie theater owners mm-hmm. that they have. And uh, last year, the Suicide Squad, the entire cast, showed up. Now, there's uh, this guy named Jeff Snyder. He's an industry reporter. And he went on Twitter and he said that Ben Affleck will be at CinemaCon to promote Justice League. And the speculation is that the whole cast will probably be there. If Ben is going to be there, everyone else will be there. I don't know. But um, it takes place March 27th through the 30th of this year, and um, Warner Brothers is going to be scheduled to present on Wednesday, March 29th. So I guess we should expect some things around the end of the month about Justice League.
2: Yeah, we got a couple weeks.
1: Ba-doop, ba-doop.
2: Ba-doop, ba-doop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um, common
0: stuff
1: as normal. As we try to do anyway, we don't always succeed. I'm going to try to wade through some of the issues, some of the uh, some of the clickbait here, to get to the heart of what's going on with Joe Joe Manganiello uh, talking about the Batman. Uh, he was the, uh, Robert Irvine Magazine put out a an interview, pretty extensive interview. Um, he had some stuff to say about Batman. This is what he said. This was about six days ago, as of this recording. He said last year. I said May, and that was my understanding. It depends. This is he's all talking about when it's coming out. They have big plans for this movie. Whether or not we start exactly on that date or in June, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing: the creative process needs to be respected, and no one involved in this film wants to make anything less. Then an unbelievable film, a legendary film. The movie will start shooting whenever those pieces are in place, and we know this is going to be something that we're proud of. What we're not going to do is be backed into a start date, scrambling to get something off the ground just to get it off the ground. Everyone involved wants to make this the best film possible, so that's really what it's about. It's funny how the media likes to run with, oh, there's trouble, oh, the script needs to be revised. They're drama queens. There's a creative process, and everyone on the cast and crew wants to make this the best movie possible. So, that's what we're going to do. When we start shooting it, we'll start shooting it. It will be soon, I can say that. Here's the thing. No one wants to create that superhero movie that's polarizing the fans and critics. Rest assured, we're going to do this thing right. Now, Jet... I like his take there. Right. Jet on, on uh, Batman on film... Uh, tweeted to, uh, Matthew Tuthill, the guy that posted the, the article, and said, is it possible for you to disclose when your interview with Mr. Manganello took place? Thank you. Matthew Tuthill responded, before Affleck stepped down as director and Reeves came on, but I have no reason to think he'd take any of it back. So there's a lot of clickbait going on about this article, a lot of stuff saying like, and by the way, he does talk about, you know, training with Katanas and stuff, but we've talked about all that before on the show. Sure. We know they're training. Yeah. Uh, Just want to put that out there. Uh, So we're not going to really talk about that. Who cares? I mean, it's awesome. Great. Glad that they're training for the thing that's going to require training. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um yeah, doing the work. No big deal. Uh but there's a lot of other people saying like oh, uh, Joe Manganiello says that, you know, Batman fans are drama queens. No, he says the media are drama queens. Yeah. Specifically the, the media yeah, are he, drama queens.
2: He, it seems like he was specifically uh addressing uh, the the cycle, the news cycle.
1: Mhm. And there's, you know, and and moving on to some degree he also said in the same interview that he's not going to be watching Arrow, and people have changed that into a clickbait thing. Like, oh, man, he's respect- disrespecting the, the what's come before. Well, uh, you that's know, not
2: disrespect the, at all. People want to come at something from their perspective.
1: This yes. is what he said, because they, they talked about him being in a live-action film before, and it's his first time being in a live-action film as Deathstroke, or, anyone, or the first time Deathstroke has been in a live-action film. Joe says, yeah, I guess there was a TV show, but I haven't seen it. He doesn't even specifically mention Arrow. He says, I guess there was a TV show, but I haven't seen it. I won't watch it. This is my character. And it's an exciting one and has the capacity, I think, to be a great villain. And what all the great ones can do is polarize an audience. When I was a kid, I always rooted for the villain. As a a kid, I think I would have rooted for him and I think fans will. And I don't think that's a negative thing. I don't think he's, you know, crapping on, uh, Manu Bennett. Not at Who all. was also really good and really underutilized on Arrow, and they took it in a bad direction that I didn't care for with Deathstroke.
2: And in a but, lot of ways, yeah, like <clears throat> no, don't get me wrong, they held up, they held up some of the Deathstroke uh, tenants, no doubt. But
1: mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing David Tennant. Won <laughs> won. <laughs> but
2: they. <laughs> Uh, it's okay for an actor not to want to see previous iterations of his character. That's
0: just okay.
2: Right. It's not a slight... Yeah. That just means you want to do it your way. You want to read the... the like, uh, we have sources here. We have we have years of comic books uh, to go back mm. and refer to and, and find your, you know, your inspiration and uh, like find who you want to be. It, it, there's no need to go back and watch some show.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, to be fair... <clears throat> sorry to be fair if i was directing a batman movie and i had the joker in it i would tell them to do Hamill.
2: You, you wanted to go back and listen to him
1: absolutely sure <clears throat> there's a certain things like i would be like hey let's like make it a little darker because Hamill's talked about like several times they've kind of pulled him back and said hey let's do a little lighter version of that because it's a kids show and then like later when they did you know return of the joker he was doing that and they were like hey let's like bring it down and make it more gritty and he was like oh okay finally but I would I would go toward the darker version and I, you know I would you know cast Alan Tudyk because I can't not. Sure.
0: <laughs> I, I would be
1: kind of tempted to
2: cast someone and just demand just see they, what they never did. watch anything Mark Hamill did and just see what happened. Yeah. I'm not saying I wouldn't be willing to like crawl back from that and go oh that went badly never mind never mind let's yeah. not do any of that. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> You know, it's, it's weird.
2: But I'd be curious.
1: So, um, yeah. it's the reason I'm not directing a movie. <laughs> Patrick Wilson was on Twitter. He did a and a uh, He referred to his role as Orm on in Aquaman as Silver Boobs McGee.
2: Oh, lovely.
1: <laughs> Someone asked, how was work with Amber Heard? Uh, he said the read-through was fun. She's going to be fantastic. Uh, they. One person said, "Can you describe Jason Momoa in three words?" He says, "Large and in charge." Nice. Which I guess is four, really, but whatever.
2: Uh, I'll give him the end.
1: They asked who would win in a fight, Night Owl or Orm? He said, "Hard to tell. Give me a few months." <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, with his eight-year anniversary of this money, God doesn't seem that long. Does not seem that long. Uh, what What did you love about making Watchmen? And do you have a favorite memory? He says, taking my son to a photo shoot and wondering what the hell he thought of all of daddy's friends and costumes.
2: (laughs) All right, fair enough.
1: When asked, uh, how does it feel like to be back in the comic book universe? He says, perfect. Uh, Would Night Owl enjoy Batman's company? Patrick says he would ask dating tips. (laughs) Nice. Uh, How much work do you have to put in to get ready to play Ocean Master? A lot of work, a lot of food, a lot of shakes, a lot of time. Will you ever try for the New York Marathon again? Patrick says, I'm sure I will at some point, but running is completely counterproductive to Aquaman training.
2: Yeah, no, it's not the same body type.
1: Yeah. Um, Have you met Black Manta yet? And is Aquaman the only DCEU film we'll see you in? Love your work, by the way. He says, meaning I've met Black Manta. Hmm, nice. So I guess someone has been cast. Yep. Uh, Do you talk to fish right before I eat them? He says. (laughs) Uh, do you like Henry Cavill? He says, don't know him, but my wife played his mom. I don't know who his wife is.
2: I don't either. We should probably look into that, but ask her.
1: Probably look into that, yeah. Uh, that would have been a good call to do before the show, but I'm not a professional.
2: We pride ourselves on that.
1: Uh, I You do. <laughs> I beat myself up for days.
2: All right. I like to think it transfers over.
1: Okay, I can't even say her name. Dagmara dumb and
2: Now that's something we can agree on. We can't yep. we can't we can't say Moving names. On.
1: Uh so lastly for the DCEU news episode, um there were some weird DCEU leaks and they're not like specifically spoiler centric or anything. And uh I'm going to run through these because they're, they're they're mostly positive. They showed up on 4chan so they should obviously just be taken with a huge grain of salt.
2: I mean, block uh, Lick a block of salt.
1: Mm-hmm. But uh, this is what they had to say. The budget for Wonder Woman is $125 million. The studio is very pleased with how the film turned out, and early discussions for a potential sequel have been discussed. Uh, the, just, the Justice League trailer will debut in April and will be attached to Fate of the Furious. The plan is also to release a scene from Justice League in front of King Arthur, similar to how the Dark Knight trilogy marketed their films. Dr. Steven Shin will appear in Aquaman. The studio is currently searching for actors for the role. Brainiac will be the main villain of Man of Steel 2. The story is written by Jeff Johns and Zack Snyder. The plan is to place the film on the November 1st, 2019 release date. Although Doug Liman is attached to direct Justice League Dark, the film is not considered a priority. Gotham City Sirens is being targeted for February 2019, and The Flash has been pushed back to 2020. That's all you know that these are leaks from 4chan and should in no way be taken seriously. No. Um, rumor mill guys, rumor mill. Yeah. Sometimes these have come out to be really accurate. And sometimes it's just, you know, some
2: it's 4chan
1: guy with one hand on his dick, trying to figure out how to fill his night. Yeah. Um, now we, uh, we have a giveaway thing going on. Uh, if you give us a five star, uh, or at least a positive rate, written review on iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, we will enter you into a contest that uh, makes you eligible to win. We, we choose by random number generator. One in ten will win. A $15 trade paperback. That's a graphic novel. Uh, DVD or Blu-ray on Amazon. Uh, you just let us know what you want when we when we uh, do the random number generator. We have one review. Um... From the Feej, I guess F F E J, is that how you say that. Sure, Never actually heard it. But there you go. He's a longtime fan of ours. He finally wrote us a review. Uh, he said, "Woo! What is there to say? It's DC. It's Dave. It's Jason. It's awesome." <laughs> Thanks for the effort, buddy. And thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, buddy. And uh, you were entered into the uh into- into the uh, giveaway. We need two more to round out this giveaway. One and ten win. And uh, I, I think that's it. Except for our Logan review. Um, we are DC On Screen. We are also going to have a DC TV episode, news episode coming up uh, directly. You can find every episode at com. You can find us on Stitcher and uh, iTunes, importantly. That's what the overwhelming majority of you seem to have. And... Um, We're proud members of the Giant Size Team Up Network, GiantSizeTeamUp.com. We're proud members of the Batman Podcast Network. And, um, gosh, I guess we're going to let you guys go. We're going to play the music here, which is probably already playing. And um, then we're going to talk about Logan after Jason Pease. So, (laughs) until then, guys, keep some DC on your screen. All right, so... Jason is peed, it was <laughs> as have I, as have I, and, um, <laughs> we're going to talk about Logan for just a minute or 20, you know, who knows with us, but, um, we saw this thing. We can't was do me.
2: anything for 60 seconds. Come
1: on. I uh, know. It was me. It was you. And it was my girlfriend, Bethany. We all went to go see yeah. Logan. My wife wanted
2: to come. Wednesday. She, uh, had migraines. No, right. she has migraines in general and, uh, couldn't make it.
1: Mm. So um, I know at some point I, with tears in my eyes, because this is going to be a spoiler-filled review here. Yeah, just, quickly.
2: just click right ahead uh, to the next episode if you haven't actually seen the movie.
1: All right. Um, with tears in my eyes, I, I, uh, I looked over, and Bethany had tears in, my, in, in her eyes. And then I looked to my right, and you're on the other side of me. And you had tears in your eyes. And I thought, all right, well, we're all just a bunch of crying people.
2: <laughs> Which moment?
1: <laughs> no shame um
2: <laughs> which moment <laughs> that
1: that all. That, uh, that would have been around the point where uh, x23 starts referring to Logan as daddy and he is uh, shuffling off the mortal coil yeah uh, I seem to recall uh, a similar experience with uh, uh, Xavier's demise basically no one makes it out of this damn thing
2: no I (laughs) I, I, the way I described it later was like well Patrick Stewart dies right and you know the way you describe that is like well I don't care who Patrick Stewart's playing Patrick Stewart dies so you're gonna cry I mean Mm -hmm. he's he's gonna make you cry Mm-hmm. And it is. It's a. It's it's kind of a weird thing. Like it's a little wasted in the sense that it doesn't have this like huge buildup, but it kind of does. Like it 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 has this moment. We're into spoilers now. You know, fuck you if you mm-hmm. weren't paying attention before. Um, <laughs> sorry. We're we're there's that class. Yeah, there's that class that's we were what, talking about. That's earlier. what we do. Uh, yeah, like it, he's talking about it before, like right before he has his moment of of. Uh, you know, mortal mortal He He's talking about, like, Westchester, and this is the greatest night I've ever had. was greatest night I've had in, in, in as long as I can remember, but I don't really deserve it, do I? And you get the yeah. sense that there was this huge thing that happened. And the Brewsters have come out and said, no, seriously, it was a huge thing that happened. And, like, like most of the ex-students were either injured or, or killed. Like, it was bad. And mm-hmm. you, you get a real sense of... What happens when the greatest mind and uh, most powerful mind on the planet starts to lose control of itself? Mm-hmm. And it's a great concept, and they played it well. And Patrick Stewart does this phenomenal job of talking about how he he enjoyed this evening and he didn't deserve this night. And then this Logan clone kind of comes in and kills him. So it, it like in a way it's it's a little anticlimactic because it's not any. It, it's not like Magneto gets him in the end or something. It's some clone, some bastardization of some thing that was in his life. Finally, is the one who gets him in a bed, yeah. in a borrowed bed, in some place that he wasn't even meant to be. And, and like, yeah. and that part's like that part feels like it's not. I don't know. That part feels uh, like it, it doesn't live up to the legend of like Charles Xavier, but it, it kind of does. Yeah. And it, it That's the thing. gets you to the point, though, where you finally uh, the the one of the lines that really got me was when it is Logan that comes in and says, Charles, it wasn't me mm-hmm. like that 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 started breaking me a little.
1: But when the clone came in, he was talking to him like he thought it was Logan. Yeah. But like earlier in the, earlier in the film, I think. Well, earlier in the film, he said, you know, I always know as you even when I don't recognize you. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, yeah. God, it's such a beautiful, poignant thing. You know, uh, I think, um, and, you know, I guess I'm going to have to spoil Star Trek Generations for you, but, you know, it was 99- 1994, so if you haven't seen that, screw you. You
2: <laughs> can only be responsible for so much.
1: <laughs> but but the same argument is said of Kirk, you know, when he bites it, you know, as... Uh, as uh, he saves like something like 2 million people on a planet that we never see in the movie. We never get to see these people. We never get to know them. Uh, we don't care about them. So, you know, the critical argument is how dare they kill the most legendary captain in Starfleet, the great James T. Kirk. Um, how dare they, they snuff him out? you know, uh, having a bridge fall, like having him like a, on top of a bridge in between a couple of mountains, it falls on him. He dies, saving a bunch of people we never even saw. He should have died on the bridge of a ship. There should have been more buildup. It should have been more climax. It should have been, you know, bigger, it should have been greater. And I completely disagree. I've always so disagreed with that because I love the way Kirk bought it because it was spoke to everything that was Kirk. Like he loved the adventure. He's in the next, he tells Picard, Patrick Stewart. He says, you know, it sounds like a terrible plan. It sounds like a terrible thing for us to do. I can't remember the actual phrasing, hmm. but he says, Spock would say that this is a logical thing. Uh, sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes and he, you know, he saves an entire world of people that he never met because that is exactly what captain Kirk would have done. Yeah. And he takes it in stride, even to his last breath. Um, Xavier is all about family. Xavier, the, the eternal optimist was always They they've
2: played that over and over again, especially in his, uh, his tenure with Ian McKellen, they have mm-hmm. played that. He is the guy who believes this will work out. We just have to be helpful. Um,
1: so Xavier, the ultimate optimist, yeah. the eternal optimist, was absolutely fated to get snuffed out in a borrowed bed after the what could be the best night of his entire life, or the best night of he's had in a long time.
2: It's one of those moments that really strikes you though. I I he has this uh and and you know like uh, logan doesn't want to be there he doesn't want to have that uh, like he just wants to keep traveling and and he demands mm-hmm. like on practical grounds like ah oh, she's 11 and i'm like 97 we should probably take a okay um like it, he <laughs> demands practically like we should probably have yeah. a freaking meal and a nap great but yeah realistically though it's just he gets to connect with some people it's just a pleasant evening in a safe place and that's something he hasn't experienced in longer than he can remember, and I mean literally can remember. Like it, it it's mm-hmm. his mind is going. He doesn't remember the good days yeah. or the bad days anymore in any kind of like linear form. He, like he doesn't remember <laughs> anything that maybe happened with I mean, with Magneto in any any form that would make sense. Mm. He just remembers when there was a good or a bad day, and to his to his knowledge, he had a good day. And I like him mm. going out that way. And I I like him at least getting to know that Logan, who of of all people, it's one of the sweetest things about the 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 film is that of all people, Logan, this vagabond that he brings into the family, this this person who should be kicked out over and over again, is the person that he ends up relying on in his latter stages. Yeah, it's it's
1: and I like that it's his it's his faith in Logan and his faith that you know they can. Stay for the night. This, you know, it's, it's Xavier's faith that kills him.
2: Yeah, I mean, and he probably could have made it out it a, if he hadn't done exactly a what he did. Dark
1: take. If he was a little more Magneto, he could have made it out. He probably would have uh, made it. Yeah. um
2: But we live in a world where, I like, we still believe. You know, Magneto snapping at uh pyro, saying like, Xavier has done more for mutant kind than anyone who's ever walked the other. Like, mm-hmm. we we live in a world where like we still believe that, and it's true, and uh, we. You know, we remember Xavier being ripped apart molecule for molecule. Which, and
1: by the way, that was one of my favorite things from those movies is Magneto snapping on Pyro being <laughs> yeah. like, dude, we are at odds, but you show some freaking respect that for
2: man, that man. You will never <laughs> do anything to even approach what he's done for Mutant Kind. Go fuck yourself. You can start <laughs> fires. Go fuck yourself.
1: <laughs> You're a human lighter.
2: Yeah. <laughs> good for you and, and like and, and you know magneto's face when he when he sits there he he watches xavier just disintegrate in jean grey's uh and as as a point of her will i mean it, it, like it, we're we're to the phoenix point of things um mm. like their relationship was amazing but i oh, mean to get to get back to this point though where it, like it's just it has just somehow boiled down to like this miscreant he brought in mhm and and him, and then and then Caliban of all people, <laughs> somebody that is, uh, has uh, was was apparently helping to hunt down mutants and just decided it was the wrong thing. Like I, I kind of wish there was an extra couple seconds of dialogue for him <clears throat> just to describe why he thought it was the wrong thing, but apparently he decided he was on the wrong side of things and wanted to help protect Xavier. And I'm not sure what the end game was for him. And that's kind of one of the like, yeah, I'd like a couple of, I'd like another minute on that for the film.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things that has annoyed me is I I read an article with James Mangold where he admitted that he's like, yeah, I didn't know they were going to do Caliban Mm in Mm -hmm. X-Men Apocalypse. And it was a different actor and kind of a different take on the character. And uh, I kind of just didn't care. And I was like, no, I want my actor and I want this version of him. And it worked. And, and Fox worked. was just like, "All right, like you shouldn't have you know, changed I the actors." Like...
2: They, they weren't so far apart that I couldn't believe them. Yeah, and the takes on them weren't so far apart that I couldn't believe that there was some like evolution of that character. It, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't weird. It, it worked. Apparently, it was accidental, but it <laughs> did work.
1: Yeah, it was like twenty years, but for me, it just you know, we're talking about like you know, twenty years being like first Caliban's kind of this young guy who's kind of a smarmy piece of crap. Yeah, who refers to himself in the third person. Then we jump to twenty twenty nine, which may or may not be an alternate reality. James Mangold says no. Other people say it is an alternate reality because they would like to keep making money. Right. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you
2: have to say no now because right now Hugh and and uh, Patrick they're out.
1: <sighs> they're out. Audi five
2: thousand man. But uh, they're, they're done.
1: You know, I, I could see Caliban turning into you know Stephen Merchant and. Let's be honest. I watched X Men Apocalypse before Logan, and I wanted to uh, kill myself a little bit. Oh, it wasn't that bad. You say that. It you was say that. standard. It was so standard that I was just. Uh, if it had been bad, like super bad, I would have been way more entertained.
2: <laughs> We're not looking for Sharknado, man. I mean, it was just. It was a standard. I mean
1: i mean and we, we but we and, you know. yeah but we got pretty close to sharknado a couple of times and it was just it was it was again one of those brian singer things it's a brian singer problem uh i loved the usual suspects and after that every brian singer film i've seen i've just been like damn it man please end this thing
0: i'm so <laughs> tired
1: i don't want to watch it anymore it's like, I just become like a kid, you know, with his mother in like a department store. Like I'm on the ground and I'm just wallowing around going, oh, this is awful. I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Um, I don't care. I'm, that's great. I'm glad that she found a way to make McAvoy bald. That was the <laughs> climax of the film. The climax of Apocalypse was that Xavier became bald. That's what we were all looking for. That's what
2: we got. Yeah.
1: Logan though there there so there was a good, good story
2: for for a couple of characters in apocalypse but what logan got to um and this is my main takeaway from logan mm-hmm. this was a character film it mm-hmm. it was a character film that was like intercut with a lot of really fun violence and and yeah. i mean it it went from being like it was a it was a fun film like as far as um it kept me entertained as far as, uh, you know, the, the violence, the the action, all, all that was there. But it was just a, a piece about a few characters that we wanted to know more about. And I felt like if it was his last time being there, we got the mm-hmm. most out of Logan that we've ever gotten. Yeah. And uh, the same for, like, Xavier. I feel like we've gotten a lot of him uh, in previous films. I mean, it you know, anywhere from, like, first class to even... Uh, like last stand did a lot for him. Um, we we've gotten a lot of the Xavier character, but this one it provided a lot of meat. I mean it, that whole thing going back to the Shane uh, Western mm-hmm. that was that was intense. I mean when it really came down to it, that was intense and. I felt like we got more meat out of some of the characters that we've been hanging out with for you know it's like sixteen, seventeen years now. Mm-hmm. I mean it, these people have been around since I was in high school, and i I was so sad to see him go and it 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 was for the right reasons like it, yeah. you, you finally have Patrick Stewart die, and I say Patrick Stewart die because it's a Patrick Stewart death scene, and how do you not I mean just that's just oh it's it's rough. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
2: And it was it was rough and it was worth it and there was something that happened around it and it was it was it was fantastic. But then you get to you get to Logan's death scene and um like you had to tell me later what the hell the girl was saying. I didn't know. All I knew was like I was watching the scene and was like really taken up by it and was just like thinking about my history with this character and and I I was just I, I mean I was distraught. And and then yeah, like... and we're
1: outside in the theater. We're outside in the lobby after the after the picture. And Jason's like, "What was the girl saying?" I was like, "Oh man, it was the thing from Shane. Like you know, where he was talking about like uh, you know how a brand good and, uh... isn't good or evil. It just sticks with you, and just go back and tell him." There are no, there are no more guns here and all that. I mean, I guess I'm telling him like I'm getting choked up. Jason's like I'm seeing like the tears well up in Jason. Yeah, like, eyes, I was I'm just telling just him what he was saying.
2: I was, I was like <laughs> having another round of oh shit.
1: Yeah, I, like, it's the the no, There are no I, I more guns here. They got me.
2: Understand what you was saying when I was doing, and I do that sometimes. I do that a lot of times. I I will hear what yeah. people are saying. I, she, it's a whole thing of how to listen to music. I, like, I hear music first, and then I have to go back and hear the melody. Uh, and then I have to go back and actually understand what the lyrics are. It, it's a whole thing, but I...
1: I hear it reverse. I gotta hear the I hear the lyrics first and get angry. And, and then go back. That's the vapid and, nature and of it.
2: But, uh, but, like, that's how I operate. And for some reason, when she was talking, I didn't understand what she was saying. But I was also so taken up by, like, the emotion of the moment. And... You know, even, even without understanding what she was saying, which ended up being slightly compartmentalized. Because when you told me about it, I I, I kind of wanted to go have a little cry and think, oh, shit, that came back around. It was fantastic. That's so good. Yeah. But the the part where, like, if, if you thought you were going to make it out of this movie, if you enjoyed this movie and thought you were going to make it out of this movie without crying or without feeling something... The moment where they take the cross or where she comes back and everyone's leaving and they're going go to go to, you know, Valhalla for uh, and children. It, it the moment that really, I I, I I just went ahead and shed one more good damn tear. Like she, she just takes the cross and turns it just that 45 degrees and puts it back down as an X. And it has, it has everything to do with the like, you know, good and bad's a, a brand and you can't change your brand. and Yeah. I, I I saw her put that X over his fucking grave and thought, oh shit. And, and, and uh, yeah, I tell you what, throat Titan the whole thing, man.
1: The fact that now, I mean, there are some theories out there, and there's some pretty cool theories that like uh, maybe like some of the X Men didn't die, and they were the ones that were like over on the other side of that of that line talking to Richter over the intercom. I'm hoping little, so. Uh, I really
2: ham, am. That's that ham radio.
1: Good. Uh, you know, they're like, oh, it was probably Cyclops or something. Rogue, somebody, you know, maybe anything. Um, But um, and I, I, I'm, I'm down with that idea. I, um, I love, and that makes sense with like you know whoever's making these X Men comics. Maybe they're putting in secret uh, messages, you know, secret things saying, "Hey, come here," and this is where Eden is. I like all that. I like that the X Men became commercialized, and that Logan's so pissed off about it. Yeah. But the thing that I like Like, the most about it is, but not
2: like this kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And the thing that I like the most about it is, uh, those kids are us as, as Wolverine breathes his last. There's a kid standing there with a freaking Wolverine action figure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, uh, yeah, the, the kid with the, uh, the electricity powers oh, is like sitting there, like he's clutching a Wolverine action figure around this. this oh, it was rough, man. It was absolutely rough. Like these kids respect the previous generation and I, uh, I I kind of love the idea that there's going to be this this uh, new generation of them, yeah. as artificial as they apparently were. Like the, the 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 meta gene is still out there.
1: And I say, you know, if if they're going to keep on with X Men movies, don't recast them. Don't don't recast Logan. Jump ahead of the future if you must. Have her as Wolverine as she is in the comics.
2: No, she did but, a fantastic you know, job. That
1: you know I'm not. I'm not. Saying she that did. She girl absolutely did.
2: Absolutely did a great job.
1: Um, but you know, give it some time after Logan before you go recasting, because you know people are going to hate whoever you cast, because yeah. no one's Hugh Jackman. No. Um, <laughs> no. Give it some time. Let her be Wolverine for a minute, and and, and you, plus you need some more, uh, war, you know, female warriors out there. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I thought I was a, uh, you know, I was a little bored by some of the chase sequences. And, you know, you know how you do the thing where you just get bored when you know you are you have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> you're like a little bit just like, yeah, whatever, just finish. It's been I, two I got hours it.
2: and 15 minutes. Make this thing in.
1: Yeah. Um, but uh, I'll be honest, man. I, you know, I, I was a little, I was more bored by it at the end. Uh, you know, when we watched it than I was later. And by this point, like I remember it reverently. Um it was a it the was more a, I thought about the film. It really was it was, a, uh, it was a good
2: film. I think it did I've heard the phrase tossed around, but I really do. I think it transcended the genre. I think it did something it, yeah. that this genre of superhero movies hasn't done.
1: And I think the brilliant part about it is what Fox has done here is they've created they created they did an R-rated comedy action movie with Deadpool. And then they turned around and did the exact opposite on the on the opposite end of the spectrum, made an R rated drama. Character driven had a couple drama. of funny bit. Um, even Deadpool had some really it was really character driven. Oh, it had some great but, character
2: um, moments, but it it definitely was. It was always going to be. It, it was a movie that you could trust was going to throw you a joke every now and then. With Logan, yeah. I mean, if you got a joke here and there, that was cool. But you were just you were invested in these characters, and that was okay. I, mean, I expected you know, nothing less. I, I wasn't like worried halfway through the film. Like, oh, am I going to get enough jokes? And there's nothing like that.
1: One shouldn't forget that in between those two was X-Men Apocalypse, which was, you know, by comparison to those two garbage, you know, when you don't look at those <laughs> other two, you go, Oh, it was a mediocre X-Men. Yeah. Film. It it, as
2: it was, it was fine. X Men <laughs> film. But when you look at it, like compared to those two, it's, it's a little unfair. Almost. It's not, it's uh, not on the same. I camp. don't think
1: it's unfair. You know, it's it's not unfair because no one's you know no one said okay. Well, you guys have to be a mediocre X Men film. No, they had every opportunity to be a great X Men film, and they were just like, nope. Let's screw all the canon and just be weird and uninteresting. Yeah, <laughs> um, largely uninteresting. There was a few bright spots, you know, but um, nothing that you know came close to Logan or Deadpool. No, no. Um, but um. Yeah, so here here was the thing that really got to me though. Uh, in retrospect, looking back, someone posted a bit from the Wolverine, the previous feature, which was I would say about 75 percent uh, good. And the last, uh, the uh, you know Viper was awful, and that weird <laughs> Silver Samurai thing at the end was awful. <laughs> but there's a bit where the where the uh, the girl that goes on to be, and we'll tie it back to DC here, the girl that goes on to be Katana in the Arrow series. Yay, we're still uh, our tells, show. Yeah, she in the Wolverine she she has the ability to see the deaths of people, and she tells Wolverine in, in in that movie she tells him you know I see you laying on your back covered in blood holding your own heart in your hands, and you're like what the hell that's messed up death. But then when you look at it in Logan he's laying on his back he's covered in blood and he's holding X twenty three's hand. I read that shit and I started crying.
2: Oh God, yeah, I like I was crying in the theater because like I. <sighs> I mean, we're we're talking and about James Logan Mangle, here.
1: He confirmed it. He confirmed that he that that was his plan. That he you know, and I don't know if it was or not. At the very uh, least, he know, worked
2: I, it in very well.
1: And honestly, I didn't remember that from the Wolverine. I I saw it online and then remembered her saying. No,
2: it then, I I mean <gasps> I I had no recollection nearly as clear of that. I I, I but no. I, what I what I did recognize like watching Logan outside of that was it's I mean. Charles talks about how important a family is and, like, you, you still have time, Logan, and, and all that stuff. It, it's a theme they, they lay down over and over again throughout the movie, and then there's this, like, one moment right before that last gasp where he he looks at her and he smiles and, and he kind of mentions, like, this, this is what Charles said it would be like. And, like.
1: No, 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 no. He said, so that's what it's like because this caused a controversy online. People are arguing. Maybe he's talking about death. Maybe he's talking about... Uh, you know, all these different things. And very few people are saying what I think it is. He's talking about family. No, screw He's it. talking about this I, is what it's like to care about somebody. That's,
2: I, 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 if I'm wrong, so help me, I will eat it. But I believe firmly that he was talking about this is what family would be like. Like, yeah. he has that I glimpse mean, I think of it. And this little smile. Like, you don't see that little smile on Logan and the entirety of his, like, character like how many years have we had this character and you don't you don't see exactly that smile
1: on him at any given point you do like when he looks over and sees bobby and rogue together he's like hm, all right you know he's got that little bit it's of always like kind of a saw smirk. rogue as a daughter it's always
2: more of a smirk this is yeah. more of a, a genuine like yeah this is more You're genuine right. than I mean, anything it's... that we've seen out of him ever before and then he's you get close gone.
1: I think importantly, I just don't want to undercut his and Rogue's relationship in this series. But no, it was
2: it was good. And it was close. It was, but it it, it wasn't this. Like this yeah. was the the climax of of him understanding, for a character like him, of course, I, this is the climax of him understanding what it might be like to actually be that close to somebody.
1: Yeah, it, you know, I think it was a little bit of all. I think it was left a little ambiguous as to what he was talking about because it can mean multiple things. It can and, and that's uh,
2: fine, and I'm happy for people to interpret it however. But I believe, I don't know. I, I I believe the the most apt interpretation is the family angle.
1: Absolutely, that's my that's my take on it. Um, oh my gosh, man, I can't like I'm actually like <laughs> I'm angry that I can't buy it on Blu-ray right now.
2: And just go <laughs> give it another view. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it was it was yeah. it's a solid fucking movie. It just is.
1: It is. It's solid. It's really solid. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not even really angry because they set it up in the Latin X-Men Apocalypse with the XX Corporation. And I was thinking like, Mr. Sinister might be an issue here. We didn't really get any of that. We didn't really talk about that. And that was fine with me. I didn't really care. I was just, it was such a great character piece.
2: (coughs) I think you're going to get him on Deadpool too. You think? That's the rumor I heard.
1: I don't even care. Whatever. Um... (laughs) You know, I I am not a huge fan of what what Fox has done overall with the franchise, but uh, that's a hell of a way to go out. (laughs) This is a
2: major exception to any of that, yeah.
1: If I had any stake in or stock in it, you know, aside from saying, hey, team up with Marvel and be in-universe with those cats, you know, I would uh, say, look, if you're going to do it, if you're going to do any more, which I'm, and you know they are, with the exception of Deadpool, uh, just do, just do a reboot and Deadpool could be privy to that. Cause he's obviously privy to the Stewart and, uh, McAvoy differences. Yeah. Um, Deadpool could operate in that zone. You can do as many freaking things as you want and that could be a neat tie in. But, Easy. uh, I would say reboot the thing. Let's not do any more McAvoy. Let's not do any more Fassbender. No more Jennifer Lawrence. They kind of want him out anyway, I think. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe uh, hook up with Marvel and see what you guys can do there with the tie-ins. Cast someone completely different. Of course, Jack would be pissed, but whatever. He's had his swan song, and I love him, and I would hug him if I could. Uh, <laughs> and thank him for a magnificent performance for 17 years, because, by God, he was the bright point of most of those years.
2: Yeah, at no in, point uh, in, the franchise. in all of the films that he's been involved with did you think he failed you. It was the movie I did it that failed first. you.
1: I, I, I did it first. Really? But like like uh when they first put out the first uh cast picks back in 2000 or like 99 or whatever it was when they were like, "Hey, look at these are the X-Men." I was like, "Dude, Wolverine is way too scrawny, he's way too tall. <laughs> what is this cat doing? This isn't Wolverine." Well, but that he sold me in that like movie.
2: The film. Yeah, you you were fine.
1: Yeah, he sold me in that movie. You know, I was uh I was a little upset that he didn't sound like uh what was his name? Cal Dodd? Is that it? Um, I want to say this, right? Not true. Gosh, I just, I was just talking to Bethany about this too. Um, yeah, Cal Dodd, you know, this is the cat from the, uh, X-Men animated series. It was like, tell Cyclops, I made him a, ver- a convertible, whatever it was, <laughs> you know, I go where I want to go. You I always know. did like picking on guys smaller than you. Well, I'm smaller than you try picking on me yeah i remember yeah, a lot of those lines it,
2: and <laughs> and i mean yeah i i, I love that series too but it, like i i saw him doing this and thinking i i was, I was just thinking oh good cool we we've got yeah. our logan let's do it
1: yeah yeah going back and watching that series is so rough to watch It's not like Batman the Animated Series where it's like, oh man, it holds up. Like, X-Men the Animated Series is just like, oh, so bad. (laughs) Why was it so bad? (laughs) This one's for you, Morph. Anyway, I think that wraps it up for our Logan review. I I dug it. I dug the hell out of it. I I really did. I thought it was a fine thing.
2: Yeah, that's one Um, of the honest to god it's one of the best superhero movies ever made
1: yeah i've um over the past week i've routinely at times just kind of stopped like kind of hit a moment in my head like a memory and just kind of broke down a little bit like oh yeah oh, no and like shed a couple of tears and went okay dude you got to pull it together because this ain't even real life but it totally is you know
2: Like,
1: <laughs> 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 just, oh man uh so yeah, I uh, if you guys made it all through this and you decide, and you haven't watched it yet for some reason, I don't know what's wrong with you, go watch it. I mean, we've it'll it. It'll still move
2: you. you. I mean, it, we we've spoiled it, but it'll still move you. It's still Actually, it can still do that. Like in the theater
1: it. we were at, we actually got a little taste of like the mainstream audience concept, like the lady in front of us, the couple in front of us, like the lady like at the it just like, yeah, okay, death 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 death. Nobody makes it out of this thing. And then it goes to black and she's just like, she throws up her arms like, are you serious? What the hell? And I'm like, yeah. I don't, yeah baby.
2: I don't know what to tell you. I You're on your own.
1: They they made a trailer with Johnny Cash singing Hurt. What did you think what was going to happen? What did
2: you think? <laughs> <laughs> no one brings in Hurt.
1: Like, And I seriously did. I walked in like. I can't remember, I think it was, it was Chris White, I think I was talking to, our buddy Chris White, long-time listener of the show, one of our first, if not our first. He may have been the first person to ever download the show. God knows, it might be possible. <laughs> uh, and he was like, you know, I mean, do you think anybody's going to gonna bite the dust in this thing? And I was like, uh, like everybody? I, <laughs> I can't imagine yeah. anyone making it out of this thing, except for X-23. And I was right, and I was, you know... I mean, I, f- I was going to be disappointed if, like, he had injected all of that shit into his arm, even though they said don't do it, and, he had, and then it, like, restored him to his youth. I was going to be like, ah, that's a cop-out. Yeah, no, like, there was, no. I don't, don't think there work. was any way out of this without me. No, they like, already
2: said it was a limited-time offer. It's just there was. Yeah. And I even loved how, oh, he sounds so exhausted in the last. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a lot of this film, he just sounds so, I mean, he's beaten. I mean, it, mm-hmm. and uh, anyone who's a sports guy or, like who's been out and played sports like, you, you know, a point, <laughs> you know, a point where you're playing well beyond your capacity. Yeah. You, you know, that moment where you're just you're in there and it's just pure willpower right now. Like, it's nothing but nothing but Green Green Lantern bullshit. Like, it, it, your legs were supposed to have gone a while back. Uh, you, you don't even know what your lungs are doing anymore, and you just may throw up at any given moment. Mm-hmm. And there were a f- uh, there were just so many times in this film where I felt like he was at that point, and it's mm-hmm. it was well documented. It was well done. And, and by
1: the way, there was some great humor in the film too. Like when when they're talking about getting that boat on the ocean, and Steve and Merchant's like, "Yeah, I know about that. What do you think I'm just going to be crawling around underneath like beneath decks like some <laughs> sort of Nosferatu?" <laughs>
2: Yeah, I I was so happy to see Merchant involved in this thing, man. I I, I love Stephen Merchant. He he did a great job. He did a great job here.
1: He did. Went out valiantly, too.
2: Oh, went out like a champ. Um. (laughs) Be afraid of the light or whatever.
1: Good flick. Good flick. Uh, You know, anyway. (laughs) That's a lot of Uh.
2: stinger for us.
1: Yeah, we're going to get over to the DC TV news, so if you guys want to, stick around for that. We'll talk about Gotham and Supergirl and some stuff, and uh, and The Flash, and I've got a theory on The Flash, that'll be our stinger for that episode, and uh, hopefully it'll be kind of fun. I've got like a, you know, for you fans of The Flash, who among you are not fans of The Flash? Come on. Come on. And uh, (laughs) until then, keep some DC on your screen again. I don't need to say that because it's a stinger.
0: GEICO. Full housing Lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.